Welcome everybody to Wrestling With The Truth. My name is BC Hunter, coming to you straight from the blanket booth this evening. Sitting here with my good buddy Nightmare Jay Myers. Nightmare, how you doing? What is going on out there, Nightmare Nation? Uh, it is, uh, it's good to be back in the, in the seat, I guess. I'm not in the booth, but it's good to be, good, good to be back in the seat and, and headphones on. Got your sexy husky voice going on. Thanks for that cold. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Recovering. I'm on the uh I'm on the mend. And we also have joining us, friend of the show, Wrestling Machine. Wrestling Machine, how's life in the well, I won't say where you're at because that might be <laughs> revealing. I'm in the frozen tundra is That's where right. I'm at. How's yeah, life in the frozen gimmick. tundra? Yeah. Jay, it's glad uh, I'm glad to uh to have you back in a in a seat other than the seat you were in with those chocolates. You shouldn't eat in the whole box though, but whatever. Yeah. Listen, uh, that uh, that's that's for another time. That's for, we, okay. we've we've got a we got a special guest, so uh, that's that's on my list, machine. Don't worry. Yes, yes, we do have a special guest today, and uh, um, he is special in the Olympic way, especially to me. <laughs> well, the since it's uh, since it's a good friend of yours, would you like to do the intros, machine? Yeah, sure, that'd be great. Um, and I really do appreciate him coming on and doing this for us. Uh, Jerry, uh, well, he's got so many different names and titles. I'm going to call him Jerry, the celebrity bodyguard limo driver. That's catchy. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's a long title. You see his business card. He's got four <laughs> of them stapled together. For all the amazing things he's done in his lifetime. And I met him... Uh, I guess now it's going to be close to 20 years, Jerry. Yes. Um, yeah, 20 years. Uh, I did a local TV show here, and I had called Jerry, who was working in the pool industry, to come and uh, open, show us how to open a pool on TV, like how they do it. And uh, we're doing a big pool opening, and it starts to snow. So... I remember I was sort of a rookie in the media. Well, not sort of a rookie. I think, Jerry, what do you think? Was that maybe my first week we did that? Uh, possibly. I mean, I just know that this was the first week of May and we're not supposed to have a blizzard yeah. the first week of May. So, <laughs> And uh, anyway, it was a pr kind of a bit of a fluke. We were doing the show at my parents' place who had a pool. And uh, we had a ton of props. And thanks to Jerry, who is just as creative and silly as I am, we made it through the show with snowblowers and uh, like uh, tanning outside while it's snowing. And we had a, well, a fake fire in the backyard. And <laughs> I think we decorated the snowblower and Christmas lights at one point. We did. We and even brought out the pink flamingos. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's how I sort of was introduced to Jerry and we just hit it off and we spent a lot of time in Sturgis together, which is kind of when I really learned that Jerry was a driver to the stars because he had me now and driving me around in his big uh, mobile home. But uh, so Jerry, the limo driver to the stars slash bodyguard to the stars. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, we appreciate so, you dropping by. Yeah. <laughs> It, I'm assuming, I mean, people can't see this and, and uh, we'll, we'll give a little visual theater. I'm going to assume that uh, Jerry, I mean, I, I can, I can see a little bit cause we're on a visual side, but Jerry's probably got a glass of wine and a chocolate donut going. That's his, <laughs> do you have that going, Jerry? Uh, can you see through my uh, iPad? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I usually, 
I saw through other things, um, and you shouldn't mm. wear that stuff when you're traveling with somebody. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jerry, why don't we just start? I'll, I'll just figure out with these characters. I mean, it's a wrestling podcast, but we, we kind of have an opportunity to talk to someone who's driven uh, a lot of the wrestlers around and other celebrities. So I should just ask you first, who was your, who was your favorite wrestler that you drove around and, and got to be a, can't believe you'd be a bodyguard to the wrestler, but uh, slash take care of while they're, while they're, you know, in the city you're in. Well, I, I did the, uh, the job for 28 years and uh, it was through the World of Wheels um, car show. So they were bringing in different celebrities, whether it was wrestling uh, personnel or else uh, Playboy bunnies or soap stars or TV stars and that. Um, and they always tried to bring uh, big name people in because, of course, you bring big name people in. It's a big draw. Uh, if it's a big draw, everybody buys their ticket to get into the uh, facility, and uh, it's a win-win for everybody. It's a win for the star that's there. It's a win for the uh, organizer as well, too. And so um, it was just out of the blue that I started this, and uh, one thing led to another. And uh, 28 years later, I've got uh, a big textbook full of stories, um, and when you gave me a ring, yesterday and said hey would you mind talking about you know some of the uh incidents you had and, and some of the memories you had of different people and that and i said sure why not because uh, i usually in the past have not talked about it uh because a position like that um you know all you have is your credibility and that and and i didn't want to blow anything like that uh but you know i'm retired from that now and uh, i'm doing other different jobs and I thought, well, you know what? Let's uh, let's let's bring it out into the open, a little bit of lightheartedness, and uh, I this way I can share some of the different things I did with people. Um, the one that I wanted to talk about today was uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, <laughs> um, and uh, you know he goes back many years. And uh, I, I mean, I go back to watching wrestling when I was a, a little boy um, at my grandfather's place and he's watching tv and he was totally into all the different wrestling and uh he didn't speak a word of english so he's swearing at the tv um he's ukrainian which is like russian or polish right um but i guess swear words are all the same doesn't matter what language you talk um and you know he it was nothing but screaming and if he could throw things at the tv he would have as well too because he was getting so into it um, and, and, you know, if I wasn't visiting at my grandparents' place, uh, I'm at home and my dad was totally into it as well, too. Um, and we had all these different, um, no name wrestlers at the time and they're coming up through the ranks and, and building a reputation for themselves and then becoming famous, you know, uh, to the, to the viewing audience and to, uh, moving on to say WrestleMania and stuff like that. Um, so they did bring Jake in. Um, I, I got tasked for picking him up at the airport. Of course, we had a, a limo for that. Um, uh, he looks like uh, on screen that he does in person. So sometimes, um, you know, when, when they've asked me to pick up people at the airport, um, I would get them to send me a, a headshot, a glossy shot, so I knew who I was picking up. And um, some people, 
I had just had to really search through the crowd to going, you know, is, is this the person I'm supposed to be picking up? Because they didn't look like who they did say on TV or on, on film or print or something like that. Right. Uh, but so no, did he, Jake he, stand out right away? Well, yeah. Cause he's six foot five yeah. uh, for one. And uh, you know, and two, he's got this uh, old army canvas duffel bag. Um, and we know what's in there. It's, uh, <laughs> the bow is in there, right? Um, and we'll, you know, have boa will travel type thing, right? Um, yeah. So, pretty signature uh, mullet too. Correct. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> you, you you cannot miss this guy in a crowd, right? Um, so we pick him up, and uh, I said, you know, uh, nice to meet you. He'd never been to to the uh, place, the city that you know I was doing the the escorting in. Um, I knew the city very well. And so I said, you know, like, what's your pleasure? What do you want to eat? What do you want to drink? Where do you want to go? Right. Um, Is that so, how you would start it, with every celebrity, though? Every celebrity like, was like that. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, because whether they'd been here before or, uh, you know, to whatever city I was in or if they were had never been. I mean, uh, all my escorting was in Canada. Um, a lot of the people that I did look after had never been to Canada before. Uh, before I get into the Jake story. Uh, um, my funny story is looking after uh, s- uh, soap opera uh, guys, and uh, it got to be known that uh, if you came to the city that I was escorting in and driving in, that I knew all the hot places, I knew the bars to go to, I knew the good restaurants and stuff like that. And uh, after a little while, we would get some people come in, and they had never been to Canada, and. Uh, they come through the customs immigration, you know, smoke glass uh, doors, and uh, they'd walk up to me and uh, say, Jerry, how's it going? And I'm going, how do you guys know me? You've never been here. You've never been to Canada. And so the street word was in the hair and makeup trailers in Los Angeles, where a lot of these soap people had come from, they had a picture of me there. And uh, with my name and credentials and all that, um, with a tagline for a good time, contact Jerry in such and such city. Right. Uh, so, uh, so that was fun because they knew me before I knew them. Right. That's awesome. Um, so down to, down to a restaurant and, um, uh, crazy at, at six foot five. Uh, he does uh, eat a little bit more than, uh, than the average person. Of course, uh, you got to maintain that build. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when build. What People build? settled in, they're usually suffering from jet. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, he was a big boy, right? Yeah. Um, and get them settled in and get ready for the next day for autograph signing. So uh, the day comes for uh, autograph signing. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he's got his boy in the room there. And uh, he says, okay, let's go. And uh, I'm, every time I seen him on TV, you know, he's got the, the boa over his shoulder in the bag and in pull it out on stage, stuff like that. Um, so uh, we're leaving his hotel room and he says, uh, do you mind carrying my bag? And I go, well, what bag's that? He says, well, the bag with the bow in it. I'm going, <laughs> okay, I guess I can do that. Problem is, is I'm not six, five um, and, and probably weigh, you know, if he weighed whatever, say two fifty, um, I was coming in at one sixty two, right. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to put this over my shoulder to look like a tough guy. Yeah, that ain't happening because I think the boa weighed in just around about 100 pounds. And so wow. here's me dragging it down the hallway of the Holiday Inn 
um, trying to get it, you know, over to the concourse walkway so we can get to our convention center where we had the stage all set up for, you know, all the people who wanted to see him. And I'm going, this is not going to go over well. Um, so, you know, I said, Jake, I says, you got to carry this thing. Cause I says, I'm going to, you know, put a shoulder out dragging and it's kind of, it can't be comfortable for the snake as you're dragging it down the floor, down the carpet and hallway and stuff like that. So, um, so we get up on stage. Um, you know, I, I think, I think the, the bow has stole the show always. Um, sure. They wanted to see him, but everybody wanted a picture with the snake. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and that, that was the stick, right. That was the big deal with him. So, uh, we had thousands of people lined up to see him and it's amazing the, the memorabilia that people will bring to a show, you know, like there's action figures and they'll have shirts and they'll have, uh, um, almost like comic books and stuff like that and wrestling books and stuff like that. And, uh, and some people, you know, just want one autograph. Some people will bring out a, you know, their own duffel bag and they'll haul 10, 15 things out of there and they all want it autographed, right? But was he pretty good to, like, for signing? He was super good. Because, I mean, yeah. I've run into some problems with some, you know, other celebrities where, you know, the, the, you know their stipulation is one autograph per person, right? And yeah. some will say, uh, you know, nobody can have photographs with me. Someone will say, nobody can come behind the table with me, stuff like that, right? Uh, but no, he was super good. I mean, you know, if he had, uh, say, a badass personality on 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 TV, sometimes uh, that was not portrayed uh, in person with all his fans and that. So super nice, down to earth guy, right? So that went well. You know, we got lots of people through uh, for his signing, and uh, then we always break it up in the day. So there'll be an afternoon signing. Then we go out and, and get some food into us, you know, some refreshments and that. And then it's back for an evening for a signing. In. And the signing's usually between two or three hours long, right? Um, so, like, we, did uh, they ever put, get tired? Like, when he was, let's say you're with Jake, does he have a sign or a signal for you, like, hey, I need a break here? Uh, for autograph signing? Yeah. Yeah, they, they do. Um, yeah. Like, they'll, they'll give you, a, you know, some sort of hand signal or else they'll call you over beside him and whisper going, you know, whatever, I need a pee break or I need a 10 minute yeah. smoke break or I need something. Right. Yeah. Um, but they also, so, sorry, Jerry, yeah, I was ahead. just going to say it, it. So you were not just driving these guys. You were, you were basically planning their whole trip. Essentially. It sounds like, Hey, you were, you were basically their, their more than their chauffeur. You were their, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the, their event or something. Yeah, but like uh, there's the word it's escaping me right now, but it basically you just side by side with them the whole time planning out their uh, their trip, hey? Well, you're, you're like a publicist almost. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Well, kind of. I, I, I prefer to call myself the handler. How's that? Yeah, the handler. Right? That's, yeah. Yeah, um, that's because yeah, everybody that's perfect, has yeah. a Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got a handler. Everybody wishes they had a handler. Um, so, yeah, for, for, for what we always did, you know, for the, for the car show people, was uh, we picked the person up. We were responsible for them for the whole weekend until we got them back to the airport on, say, a Sunday night or a Monday morning, right? Um, and that was feeding them, watering them, uh, taking them out to, you know, different uh, after-work venues and stuff like that, uh, you know, asking them what their favorite food was. So if somebody told me they wanted Italian, I knew the best Italian place. So they wanted steak, I knew the best steak place, right? So, so that, was, that was good. But uh, really cool. so we go and get them fed, you know, in the afternoon. 
And then, uh, of course, he puts a snake in the hotel room because, uh, you know, there's not too many places, you know, that you can bring the snake in for dinner. Uh, so uh, no problem. We go back to the hotel room and, 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 you know, we got 15 minutes to spare right before our next uh, public appearance. And uh, he always put the snake in the washroom in the bathtub, right. And close the door. Uh, Cause you don't want a million about and, you know, and, in, in your living quarters area, you know, whatever, putting the TV on or something like that. Um, so we, he opens the door up and he pulls the shower curtain away and there ain't no snake there. Come on. And he looks at me. I look at him gone like snake missing in action. Right. And uh, can we swear on this podcast? Go right ahead. Go for it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> he looks at me. I look at him and we both, you know, simultaneously go, what the fuck? Like, where's the snake? Right. And they're going, not good. And so you look up and um, just above the, uh, the shower head, there's a ceiling tile that's pushed away. Oh, and geez. we're going, oh, you got to be shitting me, right? Would and he leave so it in the, the bag, snake, though? Like, was he, was he out of the bag in the tub, or was he in the bag in the tub? No, no, he, he no, because it, it, it's it's not good. I mean, well, I don't know if bows get bag, plastophobic, yeah. but I would, right? Um, so <laughs> he would take it out of the bag and just leave it in the tub, oh, right? Wow. So it, it had a little bit of freedom in that. So, yeah, it made its way up the shower curtain. And oh then God. onto the shower head, and then now it's up on the ceiling, right? Oh, geez. And uh, <laughs> we're going, oh, we got to do something. So all of a sudden, there's calls to security. There's calls to to building maintenance. The manager. I even think we had housekeeping and the janitor there. And everybody is now in the hallway, other rooms <laughs> adjoining to us, and they're pushing up ceiling tiles trying to find the snake. And, uh, and I'm looking at the clock and going, well, you know what? We got a time frame. You got thousands of people in line, probably chanting your name, right? Um, that they want to see you. But of course, you know, you, you can't come alone because, you know, you, you got a wingman. The wingman's your, your snake, right? So yeah. we, finally, we finally did find it, um, which is great because you wouldn't want that thing dropping through the ceiling when you're sitting on bed watching, uh, you know, a TV show, right? Uh, for an adjoining room or something. Um, and I just thought the things that I have to do and the things that I could write about, you know, in my memoirs down the road. So, Well, the ironic thing, too, is I've heard Jake is basically deathly afraid of snakes. He only liked them when he was in the ring. That was it. Which and, is and probably heard, why he yeah. made you carry it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it, that was fun. Um, I mean, I, I looked after... Um, a few other ones as well, too. I mean, uh, you guys all remember China. Oh, of course. Yeah, the yeah. wrestling girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we had her in, in a city that I was escorting uh, when she was at her prime. Uh, I mean, we, we probably had four to 5,000 people lined up to see her. And uh, just, just uh, logistically, it was a nightmare because um, – I, I didn't work alone. I mean, I had a security detail with me. You know, we all looked like secret service. We all had the earbuds and, you know, the surveillance mics and stuff like that. Um, and we took our jobs very seriously because mm-hmm. there's good fan base and there's bad fan base, right? Uh, and, and some people take that the care portray right to heart. And, yeah. uh, and if you yeah. came yeah. across as a bad person on screen, they thought you were really that bad person in real life, right? So, um, have to, you know, take that into account for no, 
what type of people you had in the audience, right? We had her up on stage and uh, she got a little overwhelmed because of the amount of people in there. And, and she didn't want to disappoint people as well, too, especially when you got that many people. So she looks at us and she says, um, you know, no picture taking, um, one autograph per person. And we had it down to a science that it was one autograph every five seconds, which is just unheard of, right? We just had a great big assembly line and we were just, I felt sad for the people that had waited course hours for her to come see her and that. And, you know, once again, they had a, bag full of different you know memorabilia they want to sign stuff like that but there's just no way you can do that because if you take too long per person um then you're going to disappoint you know just not a few people you're going to disappoint hundreds and hundreds of people right jerry how big was she compared to you know like yourself let's say you're a buck 65 Uh, i mean i don't think people appreciate the work that she put into her body training yes. like how like how muscular was she like beside you uh, well she was almost double my size right wow. yeah uh in, in 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 height and and i guess girth and width uh but you know that was all solid solid mass yeah. right um so yeah she was a buffed up lady and, and uh yeah she wasn't born like that of course uh but you know it, it's uh i guess it's uh something that they have to do and something they have to maintain and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, she was, uh, she, she definitely played the part, uh, on screen and off screen. That's for sure. But personality wise, how did you find her when you, when you had her to yourself as opposed to in that big crowd? Um, I, I think probably she got caught up into it and maybe, you know, maybe just a tad little bit of swollen head on her that right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I've looked after all different people and, uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, we're all human beings. Just some of us get paid more than others than that. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, the personality was so, so with her. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, we all see what had happened to her, how she spiraled out of yeah. control and, you know, and that. So, uh, but you know, you, uh, you don't know if that's, that comes with the territory. You just, you don't know what direction people go because of that, right? So. Wrestling with the Truth podcast brought to you by Mark's Wrestling Masks. You want to look like a champ or you want to look like a chump, he's got your ugly mug covered. Check him out on Facebook, Mark's Wrestling Masks. That's M-A-R-C apostrophe S Wrestling Masks. You're listening to one of the greatest podcasts in the universe. Follow them on Twitter at WWTTPOD. But I'll, I'll let you guys get uh, a few words in here, too. Like I said, I could probably talk all night about this because let me know when I've run out of time or uh, after I've given you 28 years of stories. Well, you were, you were out of time 10 minutes ago, but keep going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm just curious. Cause like, I would imagine further in like kind of what BC was saying, like, did you, did you find more often than not, you were sort of greeted with a nice a sort of uh, rapport with these guys and girls, or were you often repeat um, treated with a bit of a cold shoulder? Like what, what would be, so obviously you're not their friend, but you, when you're spending that much time with somebody in that setting, in that sort of social circles, sort of kind of environment, 
you got to kind of get a little chummy with these guys, right? Did, did you find that more or was it less so? Um, the majority of the people I looked after were super appreciative and super friendly. Reason being is we had heard um, from others and in other cities and that, that depending who the organizer were, was, depending what venue that they got you know, hired to come out and do, um, a lot of times uh, they were told where to be at what time and don't be late, right? So nobody picked them up at the airport. Nobody checked them in. Nobody knew what restaurants to go to. Nobody knew what bars to go to. You know, if they wanted to go to a strip joint, we knew where to take them, stuff like that, right? Um, and uh, the soap guys and soap girls ate it up, mm -hmm. you know, because in Los Angeles, um, you can walk down the street as a soap star and nobody batted an eye, right? But you go into a strange city, uh, either in someplace USA or in Canada and something like that. Um, and if you hit a certain town where they were soap star crazy or rustling uh, people crazy, then they were like a god, right? And they, everybody flocked to them and, and were coming to them in shopping malls or else, uh, you know, at a bar or a restaurant or something like that. Can I have your autograph? Can I have my picture? And if you don't have a swollen head already, it does make you feel pretty good, right? Because uh, you're recognized and people are, are, are thanking you for being this type of character or doing this. Or uh, the famous one is, can you tell me what's coming next up in a show or who you're going to wrestle next and stuff like that, right? Everybody wants the inside uh, secrets, right? Um, and you know, they couldn't divulge it even if they knew, but usually most of the time they don't know what's coming up down the pipe. Right. Um, but yeah, no, the, the majority were good. Um, and, and especially since we always went the extra mile with them, they really love that. And, and it got to be with some of the different people, especially soap stars that if they came to whatever city I was escorting in and, and, and celebrity driving in that they would ask to come back there a year later because they knew that they would get treated royally and, and shown, you know, all over the city and taken to the best places, the best nightclubs and, and looked after. They felt secure when they were sitting down for their autograph signing. And if you're comfortable, then you seem to work better and, and you, go, you go the extra mile for your fans, right? So pick another wrestler that you may have driven around that you could – Either say, uh, you know what, I, I wish I could have driven them around again, or maybe another wrestler, they go, yeah, I'm glad I never drove them either. Um, does it have to be a wrestler, or can I talk about uh, somebody else? Uh, is it a good talk or about a who, bad? Talk about whoever, whoever you want. want yeah, yeah mm -hmm. whatever you want to talk about. How about uh, Vern Troy? Sure. Mini-Me. How about Mini-Me? Yeah. This is going to get spicy. <laughs> um yeah well i mean and this was at his peak when he had just come off of uh austin powers right mm -hmm. and uh so uh we always had a hotel that was super close to whatever convention center that we were uh you know doing the uh the venue in uh and and, and we always wanted the you know the overpass the walk way this way we didn't have to go outside we didn't have to brave the elements uh we didn't have to take the limo from you know door front of the door right so um 
I go upstairs and, uh, you know, I, I picked them up at the airport and all that to check them into the room and, and, you know, let people settle in and have a shower, whatever they want. And so then, um, I'm banging on his door and, you know, we got like 20 minutes to get over to our convention center area. And, uh, he says, uh, he says, um, I'm going to need a luggage cart. Right. And I'm going, well, okay. And I'm thinking, well, you're a little, little guy. How much luggage can you have? Right. Um, and so I says, well, I'll just carry whatever you have. And he says, no, no. He says, um, it, it's not for my luggage. It's for me. And, you know, I got this deer in the headlight look at him and going, <laughs> what do you need a luggage cart for? And he says, well, I want you to push me in it to get over to the convention center. <laughs> and I look at him and I go flat outright. No, I says, I am not pushing you on a luggage cart. I says that he's degrading. I'm not going to be a part of this, right? Good and he you. says, no, no. Yeah. And, and he says, no, no. He says, look, brother. He says, I got to be straight up with you. He says, and, and I think he was like, whatever, 27, 28, 28 inches high, right? He says, your one step walking is four to five steps for me. So he says, I get tired very quickly because I have to put so many steps in, right? Um, and so he says, you put me on, you know, the holiday and brass luggage cart um, and you can push me there. I says, no, I says, they have wheelchairs downstairs. I'll just get you a wheelchair, right? He says, nope. He says, you're not pushing me in a wheelchair. He says, that's actually degrading because he says, I am not an invalid. I am not injured, right? Um, I go, eh. and I says, yeah, I think it would have been funny like, if you had a shopping cart and you sat in the front. <laughs> <laughs> well, granted. Um, but you usually don't have those in the vestibule. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? so, so, I mean, I went down and got a cart. Um, and and so I uh, I put them on there. I'm just glad there wasn't a bunch of people in the, you know, in the walkway and, and overpassing that to get them over. Um, because, you know, I wouldn't per, uh, per parade them out into the general public like that. Um, we would always, you know, go backstage and get them all set up, whoever I was looking after, and then part the curtains and, you know, get them out, you know, onto the stage, right, with the lights and the microphone and all that. Um, but um, super nice guy as well, too. And um, uh, love the ladies. Like he didn't want to be he didn't want to be hidden. He didn't want to be hidden. He just wanted to be on the cart. Like he wasn't like yeah. put some stuff around me and hide. No, me no, no. He's like no, no, no. He, <laughs> you know, I wanna, I wanna, he's like I want to put my hands out like an airplane and just sort of think I'm flying or something. It's like a parade <laughs> float or something. <laughs> yeah. Parade float. That's that's a good one because he's hanging on to each side of the brass part of the cart, and I'm pushing him right. So man, uh, but yeah, super super nice guy. Super pleasant to everybody. Um, love the ladies, love the attention, right? Uh, love the picture taking. Um, you know, uh, he loved when people, uh, women wanted to uh, put his face into their chest area, right? And uh, he smother him like, you know, like a little cuddle toy type thing, right? Listen, um, you don't so. have to be 28 inches to enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do it at three, can't you, machine? Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> So yeah, another another good guy that that, that I looked after. Um. Uh, Jerry, was there anybody that you in particular? I know you got to maintain complete professionalism while you're doing this, but was there anybody in particular that you were you remember being completely starstruck by? Yeah, um, and uh, I'm going to come clean. You all watched the original Batman, correct? 
Sure. Yep. Yeah. Sure. And uh, Bruce Wayne, right? Adam yeah. West. Yeah. I got I got to look after him. Nice. And uh, and and uh, this is after the fact. This is after they made other Batman movies and stuff like that. Um, I admired what he did because I used to watch him when I was a little kid and with the crash, boom, bang and all that on TV. Right. And, and, and he was super cool with his sidekick, um, you know, kind of like me and, and the machine here. Right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just a little lower uh, level though, not quite as high level, yeah. but you know, this, he had it figured out. Um, he only worked on weekends. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a family of five and uh, he would hang out with the wife and kids during the week and then get on a plane, you know, like Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon and fly into whatever city and he'd do autograph signing, you know, like personal appearances on, on TV or radio or something like that before our, our venue. And then uh, he would go all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and then he'd fly out like Monday morning again. And he, he was faithful and he did that you know, as a routine. Um, and I think when, when I looked after him, he was in his early, uh, probably late seventies, I guess this guy still fit the Batman suit, which I couldn't believe it. Right. Uh, because you, th you think he hadn't worn that for years. Right. And uh, super nice guy spoke like four different languages and uh, very good to the people. He, he wore the suit on stage. He had no problems with people taking pictures with him, standing behind him. He, the people would bring all the different uh, memorabilia and stuff, and he would autograph all that. He was just, he was happy to do it. He was happy to be recognized for doing that as well, too, and, and putting his mark, you know, to the, to the Batman era and that. I, I was going to say, I think you kind of hit a, a little bit of the nail on the head, and Jerry, I may not have worked with a with a shit ton of celebrities like you did, but I mean, over my tenure, I mean, you know, I've worked with a, a ton of them too. And yes. I think that what you're saying about Adam West holds true for a lot of the older celebs who are sort of in their like 60 plus range now where they really do appreciate their fans. Like they really appreciate uh, the recognition um, that maybe the new people don't appreciate so much. And I think that goes all the way to the athletes in, in a sense, like I'll play with the NHL alumni um, mm -hmm. and you just see so many, you know, people, whether they're, you know, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, come up to some of these guys and they appreciate, you know, like they just appreciate their fans where I, I hate saying it, but I, like a person like, uh, you know, a Max Domi or a uh, Jacob Truba and a, and a Mark Shifley, they just don't get it. They don't, because they make millions. And I don't think the guys like, look at Adam West. He, he didn't get a lot of royalties because they signed their lives away. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas these guys, you know, 8 million a year, I don't give a fuck if I'm signing something for a guy in, you know, Massachusetts or a guy in Manitoba. Well, also you got to pay for everything too. It's like, okay, yeah. Yeah, here, where's my fee for all these signatures and photos, right? Like, which makes no right. sense again because they make such crazy yeah. amounts of money uh, where these other guys didn't, and, and that makes my heart feel good because 
Adam West was my favorite Batman, other than and, the, the Michael Keaton. And it's it's good to hear that uh, that he was such a, cl- a classy dude. Yeah, I've only read good things or heard good things. I didn't watch that show that much. Uh, it was a little bit uh, before me, but uh, I've not heard anything bad about that guy. Yeah. He was a pretty imposing, imposing guy, too. He was a pretty big stature, wasn't he? He, he was. And, uh, and it was just a pleasure to be with him. And uh, also, I mean, you know, I, I'm thinking back. I'm a little kid. I'm watching him go crash, boom, bang. Now I'm up on a stage with him. And, and uh, sometimes I got some pictures with some people. Sometimes I didn't, right? Um, but uh, I still have the photo of me sitting beside him uh, in my suit and tie and him in his outfit. And he's autograph signing. And it's got, you know, Adam West Batman sign behind us, right? And I'm thinking, boy, I've come a long way that, uh, you know, <laughs> if uh, <laughs> that, I, that I could be hanging out with this guy. And, uh, Did you, and were you still wearing your Batman underoos from when you were a kid? <laughs> <laughs> no, I discarded that. So, okay, yeah. uh, so, so, so the funny story after the yeah. autograph signing is I go to him and I'm going, okay, um, you know, what are you craving for dinner? And we always worked up an appetite, right? Because um, it is tiring being up on stage for hours. Um, you do get writer's cramp and that, right? Um, and, 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 you know, the public's in your face and all that. And, you know, how's this? How's this? Can I get your picture? Can you sign this and that? Right. Um, so they do need a little bit of rest. They need some downtime in that. Um, so it was a good Friday because a lot of these uh, car shows that I did uh, was on Easter time. Mm-hmm. So uh, good Friday. And uh, I say to him, you know, what do you want to eat? He says, oh, I love Italian. I go, okay. I says, I got a fabulous Italian place in town. Right. So I call him up make sure they're open. And they said, yeah, no problem. And, you know, I always said who I was bringing, right. So it wouldn't be a surprise. And this way they could have, you know, a, a, a special quiet area for us. You know, you wouldn't want to put us near the front door where everybody sees you when they walk in. Right. Um, but they, they did say um, that because it's good Friday and, and they were respecting that um, there wasn't going to be any liquor served. And uh, so they said, but, you know, you're coming for Italian food. And I, I think it's the law that if you have Italian food, you have to have wine with it. Isn't that correct? Uh, <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. That sounds, sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So they said, you know, but uh, we would look the other way if, uh, if you happen to have one or two bottles materialize on the table. Uh, they said there'll be wine glasses on there, but we just don't know how the wine got there. Right. <laughs> and I go, I understand this. So. Um, you know, I look at Adam, I says, I found a great place. I says, but I got to make a detour. So I stop in my house. I grab a attache case, um, uh, you know, like the briefcase style. Right. And I grab one bottle of white, one bottle of red and I'm going, okay, it's, it's time to go. Right. So we go to the restaurant and, uh, nice secluded, you know, quiet area in the back. They stick us and, uh, sitting down there. And the waitress comes up. The waitress is starstruck, right? Because she was informed who, who was going to be there. And uh, but you know they're they're good. They're they're always pleasant, and you know they they don't they don't go crazy going. Oh my God, I love you and this and that. And you know, can you sign this and that? I, I, we've never really had that by any of our serving staff, which is fabulous. There's you know there's just a level of respect, right? Um, so he looks at the menu quickly. Um, and he orders, and he looks at me, he says, can I order for you? Right. 
And I'm going, sure, I love Italian and, and, I, and I've eaten here before. I know the food's good. Well, he proceeds to order a seven-course meal all in Italian. Oh, man. And I'm going, what the, right? What I didn't know was his wife was Italian. And, yes, he spoke, I guess, you know, three or four languages, right? He just blew the waitress away because, <laughs> you know, he all – and, of course, she understood, right? And now I'm going – I hope he ordered something I like because I didn't understand a word he was saying, right? And uh, <laughs> you're just trying to hear if he's saying pepperoni pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, food starts coming, right? And I'm going, all right, well, you know, you need the refreshments to go with this. And so here's me sitting at the table, uh, opening up the briefcase with a corkscrew, and I'm ever so quietly trying to subtly open up this thing and not hear the pop noise, right? And I got his glass, and I'm filling it up under the table, and I fill mine up and put it on top of the table. And I'm thinking, you know what? I watched you when I was five, six years old, crash, boom, bang. Here I am now smuggling booze into a restaurant and filling your wine glass up so we can both have a good meal, right? And so I thought that was uh, pretty cute. Um, I've, I've always remembered that because you don't get to – well, a lot of people don't get to experience that in their lifetime, right? I, I'm just curious, like, so I'm gathering that, like, everything was sort of arranged from you and your company to, like, take care of everything and including, like, I'm assuming, like, the costs and expenses and stuff. But, like, did you ever have to say no? Like, was there ever a play where somebody just went too far down the crazy train where you were just like, nah, we, we, we're, we're not going that route or we're not going to this venue or we're not doing that kind of thing? Or did you literally uh, have to, were you basically contracted to say yes to anything they needed? Or I had an expense account. Well, I had an expense account, <laughs> and uh, it. Well, I mean, if it involved uh, farm animals uh, and spatulas <laughs> and stuff, I'll probably uh, pass on that, right? Uh, but yeah, never much. with a spatula. <laughs> <laughs> like, did it ever take you to seedy parts of the town and stuff? Like, was it? Were you ever like, oh god, am I getting out of this kind of scenario? Um. I used, I looked after well I looked after uh, I looked after fifteen Playboy bunnies in in, in my tenure at the right? same time oh okay uh, I was gonna say at the same time no my no God, that must have been no heaven. not the same time so so this one lady um, that came she happened to be Playmate of the Year and uh, and so the magazine's out and of course everybody's bringing the magazine for autograph signing right. <laughs> and so after the signing, she wanted to go dancing and I'm going, okay. So she says, you know, different good dance clubs. I go, I do. So we go to this one place and, uh, you know, it's guys and girls out there and she don't know anybody, you know, cause she just got off the plane from Los Angeles. Right. And so she's just on the floor dancing by herself. And then other ladies would come up to her and start dancing with her there was no guys come up to her cause you know, very intimidating per se going, yeah, uh, I wouldn't know what to say or if my girlfriend finds out she's going to you know, kill me, stuff like that. Right. Um, and it's so always hard to walk dancing. with a boner <laughs> <laughs> or dance even machine yeah. or dance with it. Yeah. Noodle yeah. limbo I, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I'm, just, I'm standing near the bar watching her while she's, you know, on the floor, uh, strutting her stuff. And um, these two guys come up to me and they're going, uh, are you her bodyguard? And I'm going, uh-huh. They're going, 
fun job. I'm going, yeah, it's got its benefits. And they're going, you're not that big though. And I'm going, yeah, all right. And they're going, we could probably take you to get to her. We could take you down, right? And I'm going, um, possibly, right? I says, you can try. But I says, um, you see the suit I'm wearing? And they're going, uh-huh. I says, you ever seen any Secret Service guys? They're going, oh, yeah, we watch them on TV and movies and stuff like that. I says, do they have special toys under their jacket? And they're going, oh, yeah. I says, how do you know I don't have any, right? <laughs> and they just look at me going, it's okay, dude, we're all fine. And they just walk <laughs> away, right? So, But, you know, I, I always was able to talk my way out of things. Um, you know, I'm not a fighter, I'm a lover. And uh, you just never know, you know, who's going to come up to you and, and, and challenge you and stuff like that. Um, but that's where, that's where, that's where the muscle comes along with machine. You just call, you just ring him up and uh, the muscle comes along to, to build. Yeah. You. But you know, I mean, I was with one wrestler at, at a, at a restaurant bar combo and uh, a fight broke out near the pool table near us. Right. And, and everybody recognizes this guy, you know, in, in the place while this, you know, this brawl is going down and people are coming up to him and going like, you know, are you going to deal with this? Are you going to, you know, end this? And he's looking and going, I didn't start it. He says, it ain't my fight. He says, what do I want to get involved from? He says, I don't yeah. care if they, you know, beat the shit out of each other. He says, has nothing to do with me. Right. Um, and I'm going, well, that's a great attitude because you probably live longer. Right. <laughs> um, who who so, was that wrestler by chance? Uh, that was Jake again. <laughs> oh yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Nice. You know, but I have um. If you want a story about being in a bar, it was uh, with a wrestler who uh, could stop a fight. Um, there was an incident where I was again. It was one of the nights that I was uh, hanging out uh, with the, in the Scott Hall era, and uh, we're in uh, one of the bars, Jerry. I'm sure you know which one. It was by the uh, by the old arena, yes. and it's like one thirty, two in the morning almost and the bar is closing at two o'clock and, and a giant brawl kind of starts in the middle of, you know, just by the door, always by the door, right? The bouncers are getting involved. Someone's being drunk and stupid. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's just loud as hell. And all of a sudden this beer glass, like a, you know, a pint goes flying into the middle of this, you know, shenanigans happening and fisticuffs. And everybody stops and turns and it's Undertaker. Right. And, and I'll never forget, like, uh, he just stood there and everybody stopped and like, where's this, where's this fucking beer glass just came from? And he yeah. stood up and he just threw the beer glass into the, into the middle of everybody. And they all looked around and, and he kind of just, I, I, I wish I could remember. It was like one word. And I, I wish I could remember. He, it was something like enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and that's all because when the undertaker, like he was just a scary menacing, like human <laughs> being, regardless yeah, who played correct. another scary fucking human being. Yes. Right. And, and at the time, like we, we believed his character that he was as nasty, but I mean, he was a tough guy to begin with. Um, but yeah, he just kind of stood up and said, like, it was, I'm pretty sure it was just enough. And, uh, yeah. and everybody was like, okay, well, we're going to go home now. 
and, and honestly, I'm sure there's stories like that because uh, I think BC and I talked about this early, early episode days. But we we don't we weren't there, but we've heard stories like that in Halifax because Halifax has a really really rampant bar scene and and especially in years gone past. So they would always come when they would travel and do live events and raw and stuff. The boys would just always go to this one spot, the liquor dome. It's just just a cesspool basically, but it yeah. was yeah. it was pretty busy all the time. And I had heard several times in several different occasions where Taker was involved, including from anecdotally firsthand accounts, but he would do the same thing. It wasn't like he was starting anything, but he would, if he would finish it real damn quick, like he would just yeah. basically grab somebody by the call. And like, as you know, uh, machine, you talked about this before boys just get the liquor courage. They want to, they want to try and bow up sure. right, and, and try and prove a point. And then they're quickly, they're quickly mistaken. But I, I had heard several of those stories locally here that uh, when they would end they haven't come back in a long time. And I don't even think, I don't think today's generation of, of talent goes to the bars at two 30 in the morning anymore. I don't think. No. And you know, back in the day, it, it wasn't like, um, like today, everybody's sort of like, we're, I mean, we talk about, you know, the kayfabe and keeping character that back in the, back in that day, you wouldn't see, you know, Undertaker and Hulk Hogan in the same bar or, yeah. you know, the, the heels and the, and the baby faces went to separate bars back then. So, you know, Taker to stand up, trying to think who was at the bar at the time. I know Davy boy was there that I do remember that particular night uh, in the bar and a couple, uh, maybe it could have been Anvil. I like, I just kind of remember guys hanging out and I was chatting with Undertaker and DiBiase at the time, but it's just he didn't i don't think people realize you just see the characters it's like jerry working with the celebrities i mean you know you as much as you see adam west you still see batman like he's always going to be batman right and these guys back in the day came from a lot a lot of them were bouncers i mean that's where they were discovered right like hey do you want to get into wrestling well i never really thought about it you know and a lot of those guys fought for you know for a living pre-wrestling you know when it was scripted so they're used to being in the bar uh and dealing with you know idiots who are drunk yeah jerry we're we're coming up on an hour now and i don't want to steal too much of your time i don't know how how long you had but uh, did you did you have another quick story that you wanted to share before we uh we get you out of here and get you back to to your evening um, and it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be, it doesn't have to be a wrestler either. It could be any, any celebrity whatsoever. Sure. Let's talk about boss hog. Oh, nice. <laughs> I love oh. boss hog. <laughs> there you go. The, uh, from the Dukes of hazard. Yes. Right. Um, I'm, I'm sure he wears that white suit to bed. Right. <laughs> uh, because, uh, and, 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 you know, he portrayed himself as a, you know, as a, tough gravelly you know no nonsense type guy right but uh but a pussycat super nice guy right uh but as soon as he put that suit on and went into that character what were people expecting of him you know they 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 wanted to be you know treated with no respect and (laughs) you know go away get away from me type person you're bothering me right um but you know when 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 he didn't have the suit on when he wasn't in in an arena full of people you know or a convention center and that uh it was it was like hanging out with your your uh, grandfather super nice guy right and uh willing to go the extra mile 
Um, but he, he very pleasant to also, you know, to all this uh, celebrity base and that. Uh, and, and people are bringing all kinds of things up to him. And you stick someone like that at a car show where it's all car buffs and they got their cars there. And, you know, pretty much every car show I did, there was always, you know, like a car there with a Confederate flag on it or something like that. Right. So they would bring stuff over and always ask, you know, can you come over to my car? Can you sign my car and stuff like that? Right. Um, but yeah, he was, uh, he was really good. I don't even know. Is he still alive? I don't, I don't know. So I believe he I don't passed so. away. I think he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, yeah, another, another guy, nice guy. I mean, you know, all the different people, like you asked me at the start of this, was there anybody rough and tough and, and didn't respect us or respect what we did and stuff like that. And, and I can only count on one hand uh, out of the hundreds and hundreds of people that I looked after that, uh, you know, they, they, they thought their shit didn't stink. And, you know, um, you know, like one guy said, you know, like, don't look me in the face and, and don't address me or anything like that. Right. Um, and, 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 and of course that that's when I'm picking them up at the airport and I'm going, this is going to be an yeah. awful long weekend. Right. Uh, but then, you know what, everybody's got their weak point. Um, and his weak point was uh, double martinis. Um, so <laughs> As soon as I got ten double martinis, and then the attitude uh, changed really quick, and then uh, we became good friends after that. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that was machine, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it was actually it was no. it was a soap star. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, my story ended with double rums, and we were spooning. <laughs> <laughs> Not with me, though. Yes. <laughs> Well, guys, it's uh, it's been a pleasure to be on here. Um, I, I hope I uh, I brought some uh, lightheartedness to to the show here uh, tonight, and uh, you know, uh, divulge some secrets. Maybe I should or shouldn't have not said, but uh, that that that's that's okay. I mean, some of the people I talked about aren't around anymore, so they can't haunt me in that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, all in all, it, it, it's good. For, for that position. It was fun to look after all these different people. Um, you know, my file folder with uh, glossies of uh, signatures on, you know, to Jerry, thanks for this, thanks for that, and, and all that. So um, that, that uh, yeah, that'll be on, on display at my funeral, I guess, uh, on, on, on a great big whiteboard of all the different people I looked after and my claim to fame, right? So no, that's awesome. Thank, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Those are some, some fantastic stories. I was just going to say, uh, like what a life, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty cool, pretty cool, uh, life story that you can even, I'm sure there's many more other, uh, life events for you, but like, just, just that piece of your, uh, life story is, is pretty cool. All right. Any other questions guys, before we let Jerry go? No, let him go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Sick of bed. <laughs> Jerry, really appreciate it. Appreciate you taking your time, and thanks for the stories. I'm sure you could tell a thousand more, but uh, I'm sure we can always get you back another time. I'm sure this will be a popular episode with uh, people asking, "Does he know this guy? Does he know this guy?" <laughs> so, sure. and, yeah, no, and I, I want to hear more on. about, and they'll they'll all want to hear more about the Playboy bunnies. You know that. So. Yeah, <laughs> you bet. Yes. No, all I'd right. love to love to come back on, guys. For sure. Well, awesome. thank you for taking the time and have yourself a good night. We'll let you, we'll let you get going and we'll stay on and close up the show. 
Right on. Take care, gentlemen. Thanks, Jerry. You too. Take care. Bye bye. All right, that was Jerry the driver, man. What a what a cool cat that was. And machine, thank you very much for bringing him into our life here. Yeah, well, you won't thank me in a second interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Jerry. Jerry's a great guy, and, and I appreciate his time, and uh, I appreciate you guys bringing him into the swing of things. He, he's got some good stories, and uh, just an overall good, positive person too in life. Yeah, yeah, I mean, hopefully more I to come too. Couldn't imagine just sitting down, just having a one-on-one, just talk about some of the things that he's seen. And I like that side you're going to Jay with the whole, uh, you know, guys approaching him. You know, is there some concerns? Is there seedy this? Because you know he's got to be able to hold his own too with some of that stuff, yeah. right? So that'd be an interesting side of things. He was oh. very. What he said, like that's Jerry's uh, magic too, right? And and the story of the guys at the bar. And he's wearing a suit and he, and he goes, well, you know what secret service is? Do you really think I'm not wearing something under this suit right now? Yeah. Right. And it, it's kind of like, like we talked about in the story that I mentioned, the undertaker, it's the illusion, right? They, if you believe yeah. the undertaker was going to kick the hell out of 32 guys in a mass brawl in yeah. a bar. Well, Hey, it works, right? It's all about the talk and the smack and, and Jerry just has that demeanor like, yeah, okay, well, go ahead and try and take me down. But, hey, I'm wearing a suit and uh, we're allowed to carry yeah. something else. And, and yeah. just here, uh, that was a great question you had about uh, China. That just that just makes me even more wish I could have just stood next to her once just to see yeah. the, the actual size of this person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it would have been crazy. All right, guys. Well, it, it's getting late. The, the lights are going out in the blanket booth, so we're going to let you go. So this has been B.C., this has been Machine, this has been The Nightmare, and this has even been Jerry. But straight from the blanket booth, I'm going to say, we are out of here. Damien. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going sad now with that one. <laughs> no, that was his snake's name. I know. <laughs>